Hello, welcome to Tweet the Leader in You podcast, where we chat about realistic leadership theories. On today's podcast, we are doing bigger and better things. Like I mentioned in the last few episodes, in this podcast, we're changing so many things around bigger, better, and inspirational, motivational, and all that good stuff. We started with our first guest co-host series, Scott Churchill, and now we have the amazing Jonathan Mugford, who will be doing our second guest co-host series and yeah what's going on jonathan how are you oh i'm doing just great i've had my coffee had my yogurt i am raring to go that's right you're ready to go see i haven't had um coffee yet i actually just had a bowl of activia yogurt and so i think that's um just pretty much fine for me and all that good stuff and so yeah let's just get right into introducing introducing our actual guest jonathan Ashley Hickey um, is an amazing branding individual, someone who is passionate about changing the shift of branding in each of the nonprofit organizations in general, and just sharing the light of being a human being as well. Welcome, Ashley. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to to meet all of you and uh, be here and talk about branding and you know what. Uh, what we've learned along the way and hopefully it helps uh, some people trying to find their own way in branding. Yeah, so actually today we'll be speaking about the importance of branding accessibility. And I know branding accessibility is a broad topic, but it's very important to share in today's world because educating people about it is, is just just um, amazing. But first and foremost, we want to talk about what who's Ashley? Share a bit about yourself <laughs> and then we're going to go into the, the, the discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I am both a computer programmer and a branding and designer. Uh, I, I mean, at my core, you know, I chose uh, the colors of black and white because if you, when you start off in branding, you you want to represent every different possible organization. And it's a fun yeah. fact. What is, is like everyone always says, but who am I? A person of many layers. If you take even my branding colors and spin them on a disc, it actually makes a rainbow. It's actually called Benham's disc theory. Uh, if you take a black and a white, that's why I went with zebra stripes, and you put that on a disc and you spin it, you'll get a full rainbow. So yeah. that's me at my core. I'm a passionate designer who runs a company called Inzebra that represents end-to-end business. Um, personally, I'm just passionate about design and accessibility and that everyone should tell their own story because only we can. And that at my core is true branding and accessibility. If you make, if you tell a brand story and you make it accessible for everyone, yeah. regardless of, you know, age, disability, uh, et cetera, I'm passionate about all of those causes. So uh, I hope that answers. Oh, oh definitely. Definitely. Jonathan, do you want to chime in to ask a quick question? Oh, um, just uh just love to hear uh, your, I guess, origin story, for lack of a better term. What kind of got you onto the path of uh, getting into branding? Well, you know, it actually goes way back. Um, when I was, actually, I lived in a small town of about 500 people in a place called Marguerite in Cape Breton. And I, my my family, um, I we had party lines where I grew up. And for those of you who are too young to know what a party line is, it's when someone calls you and it rings and it rings twice for your neighbor and you have a different ring than them. Yeah. So that's, I delivered phone books for a part-time job. Wow. And I, I, I grew up with a, a fairly significant illness, which I still have. Obviously, it's lifelong. And 
I always knew I was never going to be able to work with people because I'm immune compromised and uh, I get blood products every 28 days. So I always knew before I even left, before I was young, that I always need 14 days a year to go to hospitals. So my family member gave me a computer and said the computers will always be able to do what you can't. And mm-hmm. that was, I mean, this is back in 1997. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine um, I was, I owned... Um, and I, I remember the very first time I pulled up, uh, I think it was GeoCities at the time or Angel Fire. Yes, I know I'm dating myself here, no, but I, I remembered um, the colors. And back then it wasn't very many, but I I always remember my very, it was right after that. I actually sew and design as a hobby as well. Uh, and I made these patchwork pants because I always wanted to stand out. In a classroom of 19 kids, where three of us were actually called Ashley, that was really hard to do. Wow. And so I've always been somewhat colorful as a person. And so that's where it started with uh, the design and my personal brand is that I always wanted to stand out because I was always just a little bit different. Uh, skipped a couple grades. And it, it was always about telling that story. And so that is what led me to get into branding and designs. And it really was always my story. Wow. Wow. And I keep on hearing... Wow. Your story, telling your story and journey. And as we continue to um, promote the importance of branding accessibility, what is one lesson and tip on a part of your story that you want to share when it comes down to that? I mean, really when it comes down to it, tell your own story because nobody else can. We, we say in a world uh, where we concern ourselves with people copying other people's ideas, you are your own unique imprint and stay true to yourself. Yeah. Whatever that is, when I looked at even my own company branding, I said, you know, what are the things that are important to me? And zebra actually just means English zebra. Uh, I did my 23 in me, and it said I was predominantly English. A zebra is a community term for a rare illness. They're also majestic, and no, no zebra's stripes are actually yeah. the same. So that's it's it's just be yourself and don't try to, you know, every tech company in the world it seems is blue, you know. Don't do what the status quo tells you. Think about your brand is not your product name. It's who you are. You can, you know, a Google was never a Google until they made yeah. it a Google. You know, what was an Uber? They, you know, they made it a noun. Uh, and so similarly so. Be, think about what's important to you before you start anything with a personal brand. I always believed, actually, when I was setting up my resume for the first time, I used to actually spray perfume on them, which <laughs> made me laugh anyways. I was printed them on pink paper. I just printed them on pink paper because in a stack of papers, you just need to, you need, when I, I laughed every time I dropped one off and I used a different font than other people. And it's about you. I, so I believe that a person should have a personal brand even before they have a product brand. Wow. And so whenever I did my resume, I had, I always had a certain flair about them. For anyone that's ever seen my resume, it's very colorful and it's uh, quite funny. Uh, and it's about you, when you present yourself as you, when you go home and you sleep well at night, if you mm-hmm. made someone laugh, if you didn't get the job or you didn't get yeah. the customer because you cast your unique style, you weren't a good fit in the first place and they did you yeah. a favor. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's why I was never, I always knew that I wasn't going to fit into every workplace or every Every client isn't my ideal client either, and vice versa. That's why there's a whole suite of people uh, that do what we do. But I always, at the end of the day, told things in the narrative that I wanted the world to see me. Mm-hmm. And if, if, they, if that was welcoming to them, that, and that's what I would say, start with your mm-hmm. personal brand 
and identify, you know, what we kind of have a, a formula for doing that when we, we work with people, even before they have a, a company uh, to identify that, uh, you know, that core uh, personality. Right, right. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah. that, wow. That's probably very that's, that's, that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I really got to say, I love the idea of putting perfume on the resumes. I think that's the first time I ever heard of a scratchy yeah, stiff yeah, resume. Yeah, and yeah. I love it. <laughs> that's so cool. It was old school. I used to use the old Britney fantasy. I tell you, that stuff smells like, like you know, rainbows and happiness. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, a 2004 wow. call and they went there, you know, their style back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Jonathan, do you have a next question? Uh, sure. Um, is there a particular uh, moment in your life that you reflect on any time that kind of helped you really realize the importance of uh, of branding? Or was it just more of a kind of through gradual throughout kind of your your time developing i think there were multiple times um i reflect back i i'll choose one that's a little more recently because i found it's been you know i've certainly had my ups and downs in life um and i'll say a more recent one in terms of i guess it's the first one that comes to mind because i could probably name about 10 uh is i will have kind of a i i always used to say because i i've been living on my own since i was 16 and i self-sufficient since i'm actually living working since my since 16 and I always felt that it was kind of like you had to develop a standard operating procedure. Yes, I know that's computers. But at my core, it was always stay true to my brand. And so it's kind of like that pillar that every time something scared the bejesus out of me uh, that I, I reflected back on. And I remember um, the last job I had, I uh, worked with uh, a group out of the UK. And they designed, they're not-for-profit, and they... Uh, they develop medical, they write all the medical terminology for 23 mm -hmm. countries, in, including our own. And I was, I was hired seven years ago to uh, work on the interface for this particular solution. But the solution never existed yet. Actually, no mm -hmm. one had attempted to do what they were doing. And I was working for the company for uh, literally a week. <laughs> and uh, I was flown, and now, you know, pretty humble origins, okay. And I was flown, you know, across the world, and I, uh, was put in, the, in a room in front of people and we had to discuss the, the software solution and, and demo it. Uh, so this was a couple couple months later. And the whole thing went down. <laughs> I mean down. And this was a group that were not, were not, it was, you know, a big change and no one likes change. But my personal brand is to tell a story and to fill in the ad libs. And although it didn't even have mm -hmm. to do with color and accessibility, it gave me because I had that comfort level of, you know, having that conversation mm -hmm. about this new software product, that my personal brand uh, got me through that moment and was able to at least even add fillers. And even that, that doesn't come down to colors and accessibility, but because I felt this, this interface and design was such a reflection of, mm. you know, me, and I had that comfort, be connected with uh, the things that you design, whether they're interfaces or logos, uh, because if, you know, things go downhill, you can ad lib mm -hmm. and you can have a conversation uh, if, the whole, yeah, server, yeah, if yeah. the whole server crashes. <laughs> so I guess that, that would be, I, I don't know if that was quite what you were looking for, but. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very important um, no, to that's watch um, with you, Brad, and also make sure that you're connecting the dots and all that good stuff. Um, was there a time in your life where, when you had the importance of branding accessibility, um, was there a time in your life where 
You didn't feel that your brand was accommodated? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been told that um, mm -hmm. you need to be more professional or you need to be, um, you just can't do that. You can't, um, I, I believe in AA and AAA accessibility because I, you know, I always found it frustrating as a, as a person that I don't, not only just my brand, I don't know how many times wow. I've been told I can't be mm -hmm. accommodated because of my disability. And I mean, if you tell tell anyone, I remember looking at, uh, you know, I started out my career saying I need 14 days off, not off. I always worked around them. Like I take my computer, wow. I work in the hospital 14 days a year. And so the reason I put made my focus on accessibility is because we should accommodate everyone. You know, there are people, you know, whether it's wheelchair ramps, whether it's anything, screen readers. I, I have family members that have, in, in, mm -hmm. I actually have actually had surgery on my eyes as well. I used to actually to get my driver's license. Uh, I actually had to have LASIK surgery because it got to the point that the lenses of my glasses were so thick, wow. they couldn't get them in the frames. My last pair of glasses before I had LASIK, uh, it was $1,000 just for the lenses. And that was, that was like eight years ago. Uh, and so I said, you know, if I'm going to do this, um, so I believe in mobile, mobile first. And the reason being in a lot of developing countries, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, mobile is all people can afford. I believe in multilingual because language to be accessible. There's some incredible AI right now uh, on, I use AWS translations through Amazon. Uh, we should be accommodating people's language. Uh, also, why people use, I, one thing you'll very seldom see unless it's an explicit requirement, I will never yeah, use red. Yeah. <laughs> people are colorblind. Uh, I use high contrast. Uh, oh. The reason being is that we as a culture, as a society, are not in the business of accommodating the, 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 the small group. And I thought, you know, the most brilliant things happen when you take people from different walks of life because when you take a person that suddenly can't, couldn't see a website or couldn't hear mm -hmm. it or they don't, they're just differently abled in some way and you enable them access to new information, like the young kid I was in Marguerite who just mm -hmm. had the paper library and then I was allowed on the internet and it changed my whole world. I, you know, I, I, I wasn't exactly mm -hmm. the world's happiest kid either. And, you know, it, it showed me that there was a whole world out there and I want to enable that for everyone. Wow. And I think that is wow. so important. Wow. Wow. That, that's really a, a touch on the yeah. spot. Um, and I hate when people don't accommodate and don't see the importance of diverse perspective. And, and diversity has a, has a broad um, context when it comes down to defining it. And I, I see a lot of organizations today, they always try to say, oh, we're, we're accommodating, we're, we're diversified and all this stuff, but then you don't see it in, in, in their work. You don't actually see it in yeah. the work that they do. And so what is your definition of diversity when it comes down to that perspective? Uh, my uh, you know what? I think I, my fundamental belief in diversity is that everyone... Work. That we're all different, whether, you know, as, as a woman in technology, you know, I know a lot of people don't go in that industry. Uh, but even if, like I said, like I, I have a young daughter and I said, you know, she wants to become a car mechanic, go for it. Uh, what I believe in diversity is that mm -hmm. everyone has equal opportunity to pursue what they believe in, regardless of anything about them. That even even if, if, if you're in a wheelchair and you want to work mm -hmm. at a warehousing plant it might not be easy and you might have to do it differently 
but I believe everyone should have, should just be able to do any job. And I also think we need to be less prohibitive about educational diversity. People, some people, the most brilliant minds don't, we put so many rules on not just culture, race, gender, education. Why can't people just be the sum of their experience and skills? And if they can show up and do the job and prove that they can, let's allow them to try. And I mean, mentorship has been such a big part of my personal brand. Uh, People that are just very, I, one thing I love, and I, when I, the last organization I work with, you had people from, when you take uh, different races, cultures, backgrounds, even social economic backgrounds and put them in a room and don't make it about, you know, the culture, make it about a discussion and you start a topic, you just get different ideas by putting different perspectives around one table. And I love that. I mean, when I started my company, mm-hmm. I didn't want to hire yeah. another me. I, I wouldn't want to work with me either. But <laughs> uh, you you need that grading, that 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 different, that contrast, you know, that you right. need those differences because that's what makes the world beautiful. Wow. And that the world wow. is just different. And, and like I said, I, I always try to define um, to professors, because well, professors, I always try to tell them that you are a global professor. You have persons from each country in your classroom. You must allow your mind to gain a lot of different perspectives and have a global conversation with individuals. Try, try to learn um, persons' um, belief and, and, and also their, their perspective from what they've brought up in, in, in their country-wise. Because if we all try to do that in, in the educational system, we will be such better human beings when it comes down to um, learning and, and evolving. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'll tell you a story. I, uh, I remember, and this is this is a this is a much smaller variation of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the school mm-hmm. that I grew up in, it had like it was mm-hmm. P to twelve, two hundred kids. You're talking about a remote community. It yeah. was a two hour drive to go to like a, a superstore, for example, uh, one gas station. That's it. And I remember I competed in the National Science Fair, uh, and I got to go on a plane for the first time. And I was going to Calgary. And that opened up my whole world in terms of, while it wasn't a different country, it was a different mm-hmm. culture. It was completely like anything I had ever seen. And if you take that one step further, that perspective of when I came back to the small town, mm-hmm. I knew that the world was bigger. I knew that there were different cultures. I saw things that... I didn't ever really believe, I know, and I know that sounds ridiculous within one country, but this is a tiny town. And if we take that step further and we have that conversation with globally, if we could share those experiences, and I always loved when I worked uh, with the not-for-profit, it was global. Mm-hmm. They actually had people that worked remotely from every country, pretty much uh, all over. And when we got together, just, just the, the food, the the colors, I, like I never, I learned so much about you know, kind of, I'll uh, say the fabric of our lives from people that I, when I travel, I actually, because I sew, mm-hmm. I always bring back a couple meters of fabric from whatever uh, country I'm in. Because the color, um, for example, I had a coworker that uh, she, her husband is from Ghana, and she brings mm-hmm. back uh, the fabric. And just the richness of the color and the expression, the self-expression in these fabrics uh, makes you think that if we just took all of that in the education system, in the workplace, and just let us be our own, you know, everyone wear their own colors and, you know, just tell and, and share that you make, it'll make such an interesting perspective and unique. Just let people, we, we, mm-hmm. we sometimes try to conform to corporate culture. And I, I guess I'm a little bit yeah. of an, not an anti-conformist, but I like to, 
I like when I sit with my clients, I try to see what is their unique diversity, you know, where, yeah. uh, and to model everything that every business is unique, every person is unique, and we need to let mm. people just, because knowledge is power and some of our experience is power. And having that in the education system and workplaces, it's just, we just, it's just great in my opinion. Right, right. And I feel that once the branding, the accessibility, the inclusion is all connected, it brings a form of quality, but not only equality, brings a form of honesty, success, story, and honesty. Yeah, it brings it brings that um, empowering um, way of how the organization will see growth moving forward in all that good stuff. And so I think that when we move forward, and I, one more question I have for you is, in the midst of all the things that people didn't accommodate you, and, all, and sometimes you had to go through so much struggle, how did you overcome, and, and how did you have to fix certain situations in that area? Well, apart from those five trips I took to Vegas and you know, a lot of money on therapists, I'm just kidding. <laughs> not, not about to Vegas, I didn't do that. Um, the biggest thing I tried to do was... Uh, at first, uh, I won't I won't lie and said that I tried to force myself to uh, fit a, a square peg into a round hole, and then it was in that I realized that this was just never going to work, and I was miserable. So I guess what I tried to do is meet people in the middle. That okay. if it's to, although we are unique, sometimes we can just be a little bit out there. It's not socially palatable, and I'm you know I'm working on that. But okay. if you can show the value of uh, you know, if you enable, you know, accessibility and color, your organization has more organic growth. And so I guess for me, it was, you know, a lot of soul searching and then just proving it, you know, to me, it's just when you see effective brands, uh, mm -hmm. I actually put my, put my brand on a logo and it actually became an accidental fashion store and it's showing. And so how I, uh, overcame that was just, um, just working success, the best thing you can do when, when you're down in life is just do well. Right. And that was, it was just one brain at a time to make it, I needed to prove to myself that this was a, a great approach and that I needed to feel good at night. And so I just, one thing at a time, I started taking on contractual work uh, and then just having one impactful brain after another and seeing the impact of that, that was honestly how I got over it because it was, it was, it's a lifelong battle and yeah. it still is, you wow. know, about accessibility. Wow. wow. Ashley, you are an amazing individual. Thank you so much for just sharing with me um, the importance and, and also sharing to our listening um, persons, audience, viewers, listeners, whatever you want to call it, um, just empowering them to be the change and to be agents of a difference maker. Jonathan. What do you think about this podcast, this this episode in particular, man? I think it's been an absolute joy to to have a conversation with you today, Ashley. I want to thank you myself for coming on the show and uh, sharing your story with us. It's uh, it's been really wonderful to hear. And pleasure is all mine. I really truly enjoyed meeting both of you and uh, you know talking about this sort of thing. Definitely, definitely. When you are in leadership, you have to continue to empower, continue to do change agent things. And to be a change agent, you have to be inclusive. You have to try to have a skill of fairness. And also you have to have a, 
a branding um, accessibility skill inside that. And I would always try to say, define what it means to you. What think- does branding accessibility means to you? What does skill development means to you? And make sure that you be the change in all that good stuff. Did you want to share something for a little bit, Ashley? Yeah, I think, you know what, the last thing I would just say is that when you think of branding and accessibility, there's a point about it that we all need to learn humility and Mm -hmm. that so many of us are going through things that we are embarrassed to tell our stories because we think people will judge us or they will Mm -hmm. look at us differently. When you get to the point in the strength and you realize that that knowledge and that experience and that your your own story is the power of change for others, mm-hmm. you'll just go on and do great things. Definitely, definitely. I, I think doing great things is awesome. And I encourage people, do great things. Do good for people who, who you want to do good for you. And I think that's the only quote I'm going to leave. Thank you so much and see you at Thank the next Thank you episode. so much. Take awesome. care.